0: Hey, it's Chris Compendio. Uh, you're listening to another episode of AP Marvel. And finally, 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 we have our James Gunn episode. Uh, I just want to say, as uh, so you can probably guess um, from the, uh, the controversy, that there is a lot of sensitive material that we talk about in this episode. Uh, you can check out uh, this comprehensive content warning that I wrote in the description of this episode. Um, either on the webpage or whatever podcast provider you're using, we'll have the description. Uh, before we get to it, um, I realized listening to this episode again that uh, I did a poor job explaining uh, what these movies are that we're talking about in the first half of the, the episode, uh, Tromeo and Juliet being a film that James Gunn wrote and Lloyd Kaufman directed for Troma Entertainment, uh, Troma being this independent uh, movie studio that is really into low-budget, uh, bloody, gory, splatter house, grindhouse kind of stuff. And then we talk about the specials, which he wrote and I think co-starred in, uh, that he directed uh, and wrote Slither and Super before he did Gardens of the Galaxy. Uh, so, yeah, me, uh, well, Anthony, Izzy, and I, we have a very uh, interesting discussion, I think. Um, I was kind of afraid we would all go in with the same opinions, but... Um I feel like we all were <laughs> slowly shifting opinions back and forth um as we kind of figured stuff out um so no matter your stance on uh this whole situation, I hope you find something interesting in this conversation. uh We tried to go a little deeper into James Gunn's history more than uh other people have mentioned um when it to- when it comes to talking about this thing so before you get tired of me rambling on introducing this episode, uh, here's the episode. We need to talk about James Gunn, the writer and the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, who was recently, um... Let Go by Walt Disney Motion Pictures. Um, So James Gunn has a pretty complicated history and background uh, personally and with filmography, so I wanted to basically take some time today and uh, talk about his legacy. Um, This is one of the many situations in the uh, post-Weinstein and uh, Me Too era that will have us debate on where the line is drawn, uh, because there are a lot of... There's a lot of discourse over this. There's a lot of, uh, this is going to set a precedent, basically, is what everyone's worried about. Um, So while there's been a lot of discourse on his tweets for the past, I think, maybe two weeks now, uh, I think we have to go a little bit further back into Gunn's history and previous work uh, when we're assessing if it it was appropriate to fire him from Disney Marvel Studios. Um, So you are listening to AP Marvel. I am Chris Compendio. I got Izzy with me. Hello, Izzy. Hey, Chris. And I got Anthony here who's really excited to talk about this, right, Anthony?
1: Yes, I am. I'm very excited.
0: Oh boy, yeah. Um so I want to um I want to flash back to when I was teaching this uh Marvel class that we keep talking about on this podcast, the Stuco as we refer to as. Um and Anthony, you're in my first class, correct? You're you were a student yep, in my I first was
1: one class. Of my first so sat how in the did front you... row
0: every day. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, yeah, that's where the loudest kid has to go. Um, so do you remember how you felt when uh, we went through the Guardians of the Galaxy unit and, um, you know, showing you that that Tromeo and Julia trailer that just kind of like floored everyone? Do you remember your reaction to learning like this is the guy that made that movie? I was just
1: like, this is really campy and dumb and silly and ridiculous. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. Like, what is this weird shit?
0: Yeah. Um, Izzy, you haven't seen *Tromio and Juliet*, have you?
2: I have not, but I have also seen. I have seen the specials.
3: Oh with,
0: yeah, we're gonna talk um, about the specials. My good buddy but, Thomas. Uh, yeah. Who was who who was who who was the teacher of the Stuko at that time when you like learned about that? That was me, me and me and Thomas.
2: Thomas. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Is young young Izzy uh, sitting in the classroom watching this trailer for *Tromio and Juliet*? Um, I can tell you this morning, I finally sat down, I found, uh, Tromeo and Juliet on YouTube. <laughs> it's just there, on YouTube. It's, like, 480p, and it's, like, a near two-hour-plus movie. It's, it's, it's a, not 2 hour it's, it's almost two hours long. Dear God, I cannot, bl- I cannot imagine it being that long. Um, mm-hmm. it was fascinating, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, um... A lot of incest a lot of um a lot of nudity, a lot of like unnecessary nudity um there's this one scene they're talking, and one of them like one of the characters is just like getting her nipple pierced uh, it's a very strange scene uh there's a very steamy lesbian scene about twenty minutes in uh Sean Gunn plays like a total pathetic creep. Uh, but there is this very funny scene where he gets his head stuck um in someone's car window and the car starts driving off and he's just being dragged along. It was actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But uh Tromeo and Juliet, very strange movie. Um so, you know, we know by now that um James Gunn was uh let go because of these um pretty gross tweets uh that referenced uh pedophilia and rape and Um, a lot of tweets about, um, like, being peed on, (laughs) like, for a bike. Yeah, I never got those. They didn't make any... It was
1: like, it was like making fun of people who do kinky shit.
0: I guess. I I couldn't tell, like, with or without context, like, what was the deal with that. Besides, like, trying to be... So, you know, in that Stuco, you were talking about Trome Entertainment. We were talking about, um... Uh, Lloyd Kaufman, who's kind of like his his mentor Mm -hmm. in filmmaking, he made a cameo in the first Guardians. He was one of the prisoners throwing trash at Gamora. Um, So, let's talk a little about uh, the exploitation, uh, let's call it a genre. Um, You know, you might remember like Grindhouse by like Tarantino and Rodriguez. It was kind of like a homage to just like trash film like that. Um... It was interesting because the uh, the copy that I found of Tromeo and Juliet on YouTube, it had, like, a little, little uh, video segment with Lloyd Kaufman, like, homeless on the streets, just trying to sell DVDs of his movies. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, kind of ranting about, like, you know, the establishment and Rupert Murdoch and, um, you know, kind of um, promoting uh, filmmaking independence. So... I guess that's the deal with trauma. It's like you are independent from the studio system. You can do whatever you want. Mm. Uh no matter how like outlandish or like how crazy it is. And as a result you get movies like Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh where like you know, there's like incest and TNA and uh gore and like a giant monster penis in one scene. Ooh, uh, very nice. I haven't seen yeah. of those in a while. Yeah, yeah, it was, granted, it was a dream sequence, but, uh, yikes, um, and none of it was, I, I mean, I didn't watch the whole damn movie, because, like, I only have so much time in my life, but, um, you know, it, I didn't find anything particularly, like, oh, this is sick, I'm gonna write a letter to someone about this, like, I was just like, uh, that's kinda stupid, you know, that was my whole reaction, so, I kinda wanted to know from the, both of you, like, what is your stance on, that type of film. I, I assume both of you have seen films of that ilk. To some extent, I've uh, sure. Well,
1: I've, yeah. I watched a lot of. Um, I watched a lot of mystery science theater three thousand. <laughs> um, yeah. I've watched. Um, TV, like YouTubers and people on the internet watch those campy movies, and you watch them with them, and they make fun of it. Yeah, do that same type of like back and forth mocking style. Yeah. Um, but there was, I like, I always saw them as kind of like a response to like the ridiculous, like the, like the perfect American lifestyle that a lot of people were pushing during the eighties. Like, mm-hmm. like you have like, had you kind of have like, there was eighties was the beginning of the disparity between a lot of people where you have like. This is like everything is going normal. You got a job. You live your life. Blah blah blah. And the people who were mm-hmm. like struggling just to, just to survive, those people who were like on the fringes, the outsiders, the punks, the the drug addicts, all that stuff. Counterculture. The counterculture kind of yeah was thrust was like more on like becoming. I wouldn't say mainstream because that doesn't make any sense. But sure, like was becoming more like people were becoming more aware of it in the eighties. And into the, and definitely into the '90s attitude um, era, yeah, and <laughs> those types of things kind of reflect were reflected in film. So you have your independent film being not necessarily that like the artists that were making it were necessarily like bad people, but they wanted to s- come off ridiculous or silly,
0: subversive,
1: because, to, yeah, to make a point, like a bigger mm-hmm. point of like society. Yeah. And like at the time, the understanding of being on the fringe was like cursing and showing nudity and doing drugs. But that also meant being a little racist and being a little sexist because Mm -hmm. that was the way to fight against hyper religious, not necessarily extremists, but like how society kind of like the perfectness Mm -hmm. of the world.
0: Certainly, a lot, of, probably a lot of transphobia. Yeah, I would assume. Um, yeah. Um, Izzy, yeah, used, yeah, go ahead.
2: I used to watch. Um, I didn't watch a lot, but I do remember vividly deciding to see Vampire Suck over Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which was my biggest mistake.
0: Why would you? Oh my god. Okay, Izzy, you're fired. <laughs> I was. Um. <laughs> I
2: was twelve. I was twelve. Um, and I remember. Being like, because by that point, when Vampire Suck premiered, like movies like Scary Movie, like Scary Movie One to Five, whatever, like this, the the Hunger Games sort of version of that, the thir- I think it's the Thirsty Games or something, the like Starving
0: that. Games, I believe, is the what sp- that was called. Oh, okay. I don't know like, why but I know those
1: movies- that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember those. Those. Just- those are the best. <laughs> scary Movie One, <laughs> movies Epic, epic Movie,
0: Disaster Movie, yeah. the Spartans. Disaster oh, movie. God, I hate mm-hmm. those goddamn. Remember
1: movies. Movie Forty Two. Um, or the, three oh God. with James whatever. Gunn.
0: James Gunn directed a segment of that.
1: Yeah, really? Yep.
0: Yeah. We'll get. I guess we'll get. Up. But like,
2: yeah. Continuing <laughs> on, like, I remember thinking, but like by that point, those movies had just gone so much down the shitter already that it was just like, I'm not even watching something good or funny. Like, it's just like, what the hell is this? You know, mm-hmm. those were
0: cast cows but, at some point. That's just what they became exactly. because idiots would watch them. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would not even I would not even, like even count those because I would say like, sorry, I, I interrupted you, but like, um, like these exploitative movies. At least there's like some, some fun behind them, like in, in terms of being made. Like there's some there's some passion. Uh, even yeah. though it's like total fucking trash. But like, uh, sorry, Izzy, what were you saying?
2: Yeah, no, I was gonna say like it's like following into like following what you said. Like there hadn't really been a good kind of movie like that since Airplane. I think in like the 80s or 90s, I want to say. Like that was the last mm-hmm. good like spoof comedy film. And like that's sort of like spoof comedy I like, you could arguably say is like sort of a more like acceptable version of what James Gunn yeah. had done with like Romeo and Juliet.
1: Oh my god. Well, yeah I've read, read very this. different. I read so I read I'm reading some of the stuff from movie 43 because it always comes back up into like my my <laughs> my my mind of like th- this movie fucking existed. So I'm gonna describe as we're moving forward what James Gunn's part of the movie was.
0: Are you gonna read it verbatim or just I'm gonna summarize read the it? plot
1: synopsis from Wikipedia?
0: I'm reading it right now, yeah. Please, please. I'm reading it right it. now. It. Yeah. It's
1: called Bezel. Played yeah, mid credits, Amy worries, Amy played by Elizabeth Banks, worries that her boyfriend, Anson, Anson played by Josh Dumal. I don't I don't know who that is. Uh he, that's, he's been into a bunch of shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that her boyfriend Anson's animated cat Bezel is coming between their relationship. Bezel seems <sighs> to detest Amy and anyone who comes between him and Anson. But Anson only sees Bezel as innocent. One day, Amy threatens to leave if he... Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, one day, Amy witnesses Bezel <laughs> masturbating to summer vacation yeah, photos of Anson in a swimsuit. Bezel attacks her and violently urinates on her. Anson still Uh, finds his pet innocent, but Amy threatens to leave if he doesn't get rid of Beazle. Caring more about his relationship, (laughs) Anson agrees to find a new home for him. That night, from a closet, Beazle tearfully watches the couple make love whilst, and I'm going to quote here, sodomizing himself with a hairbrush and dry-humping a stuffed teddy bear. The next day, when it comes time to take Beazle away, he is nowhere to be found. Amy goes outside to look. Beazle then runs her over with a truck and attempts to shoot her to death with a shotgun. This yeah, is the cat. Do. But she chases yes. him into the street and yeah. begins beating him with a shovel, which is witnessed by a group of children attending a birthday party at a neighboring house. <laughs> when Anson approaches to see what is happening, Amy tries to explain Beazle's motives. Beazle acts innocent and Anson sides with his cat. The children of the party then attack and murder Amy for beating up Bezel, stabbing her with plastic forks.
0: Oh my Anselin god. Okay. grabs
1: yeah. Bezel as Bezel again fantasizes about French kissing
0: his owner. The end. The end. Oh my god. We were like we were kind of laughing during that though, right? Like that's like
1: Oh, oh, but Josh, like how Josh outlandish is, is the
3: guy yeah. from
1: is the is the army portion of Transformers.
0: Yes, yes. he was. Yeah let's let's um let's let's unpack that a little bit so a lot of shock humor obviously yeah um a lot of like she <laughs> gets stabbed to death by kids oh with my with
1: plastic forks i think the yeah. so like going back to like the idea of tromeo and juliet the like you're yeah. going into this and you're it's just like the reaction should be jesus fucking christ
0: like yeah. i can't believe i can't believe this is happening yeah, but you're like, you're, like, laughing at, like, how outlandish that is. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, you know, like Izzy said, so, um, um, you know, I can't imagine that movie 43 had much of a personality, but, like, um, Tromia and Juliet, there was a lot of that, a lot of that counterculture, uh, subversive, uh, attitude that Anthony was talking about. Like, it was a very punk movie, you know, just the way it looked and, like, all the, uh, all the music. Um, so, I guess what I'm trying to, like, um asking mentioning all of this and all like the crazy content of these James Gunn movies. You know, we haven't even taught them like uh you know, Scooby Doo and stuff like that yet, but um uh is it does the um the idea of independence and being subversive and um you know just like having fun behind the camera because I can tell you from experience, like it's really fun making a movie. You mm-hmm. know? Especially when you're making something dumb and you're just yeah. like you know, you're looking at the raw footage and just, like, cracking up at, like, how stupid this is, you know, maybe it works for the scene, maybe it doesn't work as a full movie, but, um, does that does that fun, does that subversiveness, does that independence, does that justify um having the, that kind of content, you know, content that would not be acceptable in anything mainstream in this day and age? Like, is that okay? Like, you know, is it you know, is it okay to... Um, if, if there was, like, a a mainstream theatrical movie that had, like, jokes about incest in it, like, that would, we that probably wouldn't fly. But, like, um, is it acceptable to us in, like, 2018 to still laugh at a joke from Tromeo and Juliet?
2: I think in 2018? Yeah. No. I think a lot of people are uh, more sensitive uh, to this, but I do recognize that...
1: I mean, like, uh, hmm...
0: <laughs> it's tough, right? Uh, yeah. Like I mean, like yeah, it kind of goes like...
1: back to the idea of like how satire is supposed to work. Uh huh. Like, remember, guys, Tropic Thunder fucking exists. Fucking Robert, yeah. Downey, Robert Jr. Downey Jr. As He's did blackface. Yeah. He's the
0: dude playing the dude disguised well, as another dude.
1: Did blackface. Uh huh. And like, I mean, that's. I mean, I don't know if there was there was people criticizing it at the time, but. There's a way that satire is done that makes it aware. Like there are parts of that movie that are not satire that are really, really bad. Like it's the simple Jack stuff, oh god, it's it's
0: so I mean that was so... satirical because there were there was like a whole stigma that like playing a mentally uh challenged person would automatically get you an Oscar.
1: Yeah, like Forrest Gump um, and uh yeah, but, what's eating. Yeah, and,
0: uh whatever sean penn did uh i am sam i think was what that was called but um yeah it was the 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 phrase the 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 full retard was the phrase that um raised ire yeah um and i don't know i know people raised yeah people raised eyebrows about downey jr and like um i think the way they tried to artistically justify that yeah i mean that's before
2: iron man right
0: that was the same year as iron man yeah
2: so I think people created that more. It's like, oh, like Robert Downey Jr. is being like actually good again, and like really. He was,
0: like, was Oscar nominated for that role. What? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? yeah. What? I remember that. He was nominated for an Oscar for playing a character who was a parody of Daniel Day Lewis.
1: Oh my god! So like
0: the context was like he was his character in the movie was in blackface. And like that caused controversy within the universe of the movie. But he was like, no, I gotta get into the role, like totally. Um, And he goes like kind of an existential crisis, and like you know, it's it's I mean, still not a good look on. I mean, keep a good. Cuba Gooding Jr um because they had during the um the Oscar presentation they had five different actors say something about each of the nominees and Cuba Gooding Jr was the one who said something about Robert Downey Jr. Oh my god. Ah!
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean they have they, what was the, there was the other black character like like main character that yeah. criticized Downey Jr's character. Yeah. And I think that's and like was played off as being like what the fuck is wrong with you? And, like, that's, like, kind of, like, pushed aside, and that was the joke, that, like, someone was actually being serious in, like, this dumb fucking movie.
0: Yeah, and then you learn that he's a closeted gay person. He's a closeted gay man at the end. There's a lot of stuff going on with Shop of Thunder. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I
2: think what I can, like, gather from this is that it's just really, really hard to do satire in 2018. Like, I know... One of my favorite books, like Kill the Boy Band, is a satire on, like, fandom, like, and boy Mm. bands. And people, like, I remember reading reviews on people hating on it because it just derailed this culture. But I was saying, this is a really good black satire, and I think Mm. it's hard to win people over with that now. And I think it's just sort of, it's, I don't want to say devolving as a genre, but it's just become a very, very hard genre to do because we don't know how to draw the line between. Something between something when it's offensive and when it's sort of making a commentary.
0: Right, yeah, because, like, here's the difference between Tromeo and Juliet and Tropic Thunder. Like, Tropic Thunder had pointed satire. Like, there were clear uh parallels to, like, you know, Jack Black was kind of, like, an Eddie Murphy-esque character who, like, played multiple roles in a comedy movie, you know? Um... You know, Ben Stiller played a, an action star who tries to get into more serious roles, and, like, you know, again, Downey Jr. played, like, a method actor, Daniel Day-Lewis-esque type. Um, whereas, like, you know, Troma Entertainment, they were just, like... They were just riffing off the entire idea of filmmaking and mainstream. You know, it was a more broad thing. Like, doing things um, that you shouldn't be doing. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: So, like, I mean, like, there's... So the, Taika Waititi is doing kind of like what I think of is a good example of satire coming out. No one's criticizing mm-hmm. – I haven't heard anyone criticize Taika for right. playing
0: Hitler. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo right, Rabbit it's
1: is it's, – it's a young boy living during, living during World War II. His only escapism is through his imaginary friend, an ethnically inaccurate version of Adolf Hitler who pushes yeah. the young boy's naive patriotic beliefs. However, this all cha- all changes when a young girl challenges those views and causes JoJo to face his own issues.
0: Hmm. I I really want to see where that goes. Yeah, exactly. like, I, don't, I do not. Yeah, I do not think satire is dead. I do not think yeah. it has been. I think it's been underutilized and kind of like um. It was uh, easy in the, by. I yeah. I
1: think it was easier in the past because everything was kind of lumped into one side of like this is stuff you can't make fun of and then there was a group of people that mm-hmm. said this is what you can't make fun of and those group of people that said this is what you can't make fun of were not outcasts but now the people that are that are saying this is what you can't make fun of are also outcasts as well and that's where interesting. the interesting and i mean like I, i'm my words are kind of weird right now but like you guys understand what i mean I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. So like, like like, you know, you have a white upper class, you know, Catholic person saying, "Oh, you can't you can't have an image of God that's like, you know, that's like punk and has tattoos and stuff and like gay, like that's bad." And then like you have another then like now you can't have like you can't do like the stereotypical like 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 what is it yeah, like, like a, mocking like a trans person beer, because like white it, hair. it's it's not okay, an actual sure. interpretation of what a trans person is but it's like mm-hmm. oh it's satire it's like eh, that's you're you're not making fun of the the, the society you're making fun of has changed and you have to make yeah fun of the changing society
0: right yeah um i
1: see what you're saying so so um what's it called um I'm going to be talking about her a lot because she goes into a lot about how James Gunn's comments have, like, the the impact that Disney will have on the future and why the people that caused all the tweets that came up about James Gunn. Um, She talked about, like, why it's kind of bad that, you know, you're putting their... Their, you know, presence over the presence of others and, like, bringing these certain people to light is bad. So, so Lindsay so Lindsay Ellis is who I'm talking about. And she does a great video about satire because everyone mm-hmm. says, like, oh, satire is dead. Oh, we can't do satire, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I just want to go back to the satire of Elle Brooks. And she breaks uh-huh. down how back then yeah. – breaking down like like she breaks down how mel brooks's satire worked in such a unique way kind of like i'm seeing how jojo rabbit is supposed to work where you're supposed to make fun of the system and the like an adolf hitler himself not kind of like a an everyman who is a nazi making fun of like the 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 big strong part of it is what is is making it kind of like the ridiculous part there's also mm-hmm. there's elements of it that like I'm leaving out that are like super important, so I highly recommend you watch her video. Sure, um, but you know, like satire is not just something that you can easily just say like, "Oh, I can I can now use certain words," but I'm not. But it's satire, guys! Ha 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 ha! Like, it was it,
0: only a prank, bro. It, yeah, you can't. You can't. It's only a that. joke.
1: That that's yeah. never what. Yeah. That's never how it was originally, and that's not what it should be. Uh, mm-hmm. there's obvious, there's extreme nuance to it and how each of it should work. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's why like I think the blackface for Tropic Thunder worked because it was such a pointed view. It was such a pointed way. Like if it wasn't, if mm-hmm. there wasn't a pointed perspective of like using a Daniel Day-Lewis method actor, like character, then it wouldn't have landed.
0: Right, yeah. I I mean, probably the problem with the blackface and the Simple Jack thing is that, like, it, um, yes, it is pointed, but, like, um, you know, it does kind of, um, it's kind of to the expense of certain people. Um. Yes, definitely. Uh. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one interpretation. I'm, I'm sure that was not the intention at all. But mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't. I would not consider uh Ben Stiller to be a master satirist. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> so if I, I haven't seen, I haven't rewatched Trap of Thunder* in forever, so like, I couldn't tell you how nuanced that movie yeah. is. Uh, Izzy, what were you about to say?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, like if we're talking about like satire and like also just James Gunn's films, I think we should. I don't think we can go. I do think we can move on without talking about the specials. Yeah, I wanted you to talk movie. about that. Yeah, yeah, because that was the movie that um, sort of got, getting, got got James Gunn noticed by Joss Whedon and Marvel in general. Um, mm. And basically, it's and basically the specials is about this um, group of superheroes. The specials, including people like Rob Lowe, Thomas Hayden Church, um, Judy Greer, is the person who plays Paul Rudd's wife in Ant Man.
0: Oh, and she's in this.
2: Yes, she is. Um, Okay. She plays like, like the only person I I can—the only way I can think of describing it—is like the goth superhero. But it's not her. It's just like my insensitivity saying that. (laughs) But um, it's about these super superheroes, and it's the movie starts off by um, they just like adopted this—they just adopted this new member, and they're living out like their home superhero lives. They're kind of lauded in that sense. Like. The, this new hero she's like oh my god yes are the specials i'm your biggest fan like i love you guys so much and it breaks down like this team and you find out that they're really kind of misogynistic people like one of the i think i know one of the characters like often like for like how like either she's ugly or she's really pretty or like how like he wants to fuck her or something like that Yikes. and yeah but it's really like um but i think that movie also does satire like it attempts satire to some degree. Like i had watched it with Thomas um, over last year, um, last summer, um, while drinking. Um, fun fact: okay. alcohol does not help you with this movie. Okay, um, it was, <laughs> but still, like we when we were watching it and after we were done, like it's ninety minutes. It felt like un- I remember us feeling like it was unfinished, and we were like, <laughs> "How?" But like I could sort, but I remember feeling like I could sort of see it because it had something to say about superheroes in general and like the base like halfway through this point halfway through the movie um it talks about how um the specials get their own action figures and they're all like wildly inaccurate like the character james gunn plays is black in his action figure like that was kind of funny Mm. but it talks about um yeah like they get this deal and then thomas hayden's character says like the specials are done we're over and It sort of sees the team fall apart and get back together and just sort of break down like that idealized image that we all hold for superheroes. Um, I was using Uh, that time to find this quote by I I was using that time to find this quote by Joss Whedon about the specials and he said, I think that this movie is vastly important. Nobody has done a modern version of deconstructing superheroes so perfectly. It informed how we write superheroes as much as the most ponderous. I have the weight of the world on my shoulders kind of thing. I make everybody I know watch it. And this was Joss Whedon.
0: Right. so
2: I think, like, it explores a lot of ideas that um, mainstream superhero movies don't do. And I think that's why, like, James Gunn, like, that attracted James Gunn to Joss Whedon and Kevin Feige. Granted, I don't think it's a good movie. But... (laughs) Okay. But, like, those kind of, like, that kind of sort of environment, like, those, like, sort of open, like, catcall, like, misogynistic remarks. like yeah. It shows like how it definitely does show like how far he's come because from my, I remember seeing those I was still pretty shocked by it, but you can but like it's a really a testament to how much he's grown. Like if you watch the specials and Guardians of the Galaxy now,
0: okay. I definitely, I definitely want to check that out now. I mean, did you feel like uncomfortable watching it? Like, um,
2: some of the remarks <laughs> I'd made, I saw some of the remarks that we had said about, um. I want to say I think her I think the character's name is Bird Girl, a new superhero. So then uh-huh. I was like, okay, like that's being said, and you're not like sort of tear torn down by this. It's like that was like, well, okay, like we're just gonna let this fly by. Mm-hmm. And then there's just also a couple superheroes that are very like jarring. I remember one instance where, um so one of the superheroes, his, um, his power revolved around him having this device like that connected from his nostrils like to his like helmet on his head i think Mm
3: -hmm. and they
2: had to pull it out and they end up having to put a pad on his nose to stop it from bleeding okay and so it also still had like jokes like that and i was like well this is interesting and i think thomas and i definitely shared that same like what the hell feeling like how i think thomas even said at one point like how was this guy like consider for this movie and then i was like yeah i agree and you we were talking about and i we started like talking about like i kind of realized like it had something to say mm-hmm. but it was just in a very like it was just in a very like sort of i guess trauma-esque way that we've been yeah. talking about and it's and it does i think it does a better job i think it does talk about satire a lot um and so yeah, I think it yeah, I think the Truffle Specials didn't have something did have something to say. Um, I think its methods I guess were interesting. But yeah. That's all I can say. It was an interesting movie.
0: Oh boy, yeah. Um but definitely like a it 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 looks like a middle point between like Tromeo and Juliet and Guardians of the Galaxy, would mm-hmm. you say?
2: <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Even if you didn't watch like *Tromeo*, like I, could, I think if if even if you didn't watch *Tromeo*, I think this special was also a good like sort of, quote unquote, tame version
1: of how you want to see James right. Gunn's humor before right. Marvel.
0: Anthony, I I wanted you to tell me what you remember about *Slither*.
1: Uh, I mean, all I remember was kind of like, it was like kind of like I was always creeped out by the movie and had Elizabeth Banks mm-hmm. again. So, and Elizabeth Banks <laughs> and James Gunn are 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 buds. So, yeah. So like it makes um, sense. They It was it was just so weird. <laughs> like I,
0: I... it was very off-put It was uh who uh what's his name? Michael Rooker yes. was like the guy who like
2: James Gunn's best friend, Michael yeah, Rooker.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who who like blew up, like literally blew up and like No, and he didn't blow. No, no, like
1: no, no, a... no. No, sorry. You're you're getting that wrong, Chris.
0: Remind me, refresh my memory. I've just seen this. Dies it at
1: the end, and yes, he does blow up. But there is another yeah. character that is more important that blows up. Um, Michael Rooker has sex with a woman, and then, but like, doesn't really have sex. Uh, Michael Rooker already becomes like an alien and injects like a seed into her, and then she expands to like the side of a the size of a room, and then a bunch okay. of like the, yeah. the 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 insect creatures all go everywhere and then start infecting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I remember that now. Yeah, so uh, that was... That's the movie. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion was in this, Nathan right? Nathan Fillion is in it, but I'm not surprised yeah. that he's in it because he's he's a pretty wacky dude.
0: Yeah, he's also in... He's also a James Gunn... Um, uh, standby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought Slither was gross. I think I saw that, like... In preparation for Guardians, so I hadn't seen Guardians yet, and I was like, "This okay?" Oh, no. I, I I was like, I I was like, I understand, I understand that this was probably a really fun movie to make. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just them going all out yeah. and just doing whatever the fuck they want to. But man, I'm grossed out by this movie, and I don't understand the point of it, like thematically. Um, so. Ugh, I don't. I don't even know what I wanted to talk about with the with slither. It was just. Uh, it was just. It was just a weird, gross James movie Gunn's that kind of. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was his first mainstream movie that he directed. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. He, he only. He oh yeah, directed. Yeah, he, he, didn't direct he And he way.
1: also wrote Scooby Doo.
0: Yeah, and Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed, an excellent film, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Are you being wasn't... sarcastic? No, I love that movie. Actually, um, uh, I, do out, sh- I do want to point yeah. out, I do want to point out,
1: James Gunn starred in another trom- a Tromo film called, uh-huh. or short, television short called Sergeant Kabuki Man Public Service Announcement where it has a stereotypically dressed up Kabuki guy um, mm-hmm. and James Gunn stars in it as, quote, insane Insane masturbator. Insane, master- insane <laughs> masturbator. <laughs> So yeah, good, uh, good. Yeah. Do that with what you will. Uh
0: I will uh, I will not do anything with that.
1: <laughs> uh James Gunn had a web series from 2008 to 2009. Wait a minute. This actually might be important to understand because when did those tweets happen? 2008-2009, right?
0: Around the same time, yeah. There was yeah, a James online web porn. series called
1: James Gunn's PG Porn.
0: Yes, I have heard of that, and it consists
1: yeah. of series of pornography spoofs with a humorous event occurring just before the supposed commencement of pornographic sexual acts. Uh, I think this might be kind of like why he was why he tweeted out so much ridiculous things.
0: Well, it was like viral marketing for that. What was that? Maybe <laughs> like... they had a they had a, a, a thing called Genital Hospital
1: so stupid um roadside roadside ass instance
0: like that <laughs> phrase is that phrase james gunn's pg porn is just on his wikipedia page and that has just been there forever so i don't know okay i'm getting ahead of ourselves but yeah. um sorry he also he also did like a a uh a film with uh jenna fisher who was then his wife right who played pam on the office yes they like played themselves. I actually haven't seen this. I was going to for research and then I just I guess I just forgot to. Nathan but, Fillion um, was in like the a... first
1: episode of PG Porn.
0: Who was? Oh. Of, of Sasha course, Gray was yes. in it.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Craig Robinson
0: Craig Rob oh yeah, yeah. Um High Poon is one of the other episodes one of the other yeah, episodes.
1: Yeah, uh, Alan Tiddick um, was in that one.
0: Yeah. And Jesus. there's a bunch yeah. of there's
1: a bunch of like actual uh like pornographic actresses.
0: And this was on spike.com. Bree
1: Olsen. <laughs> uh Jenna Hayes.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh I don't know if any of these names are you're f- famous. You're familiar you with all guys, of these. But they're all-
0: yeah. Have do you guys seen Super?
1: Uh I have not, but I do know there is a rape scene in it.
0: Yeah, well, Super? I mean, like, yes. it's 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 about, like, Rain Wilson's character who is kind of, like, down on his luck. Like, he kind of, um... Kind of, like, lost his wife to, like, a, uh... Like, um...
1: This is this the plot of Kickass?
0: No, uh, it, it's a little <laughs> bit like Kick-Ass. It's a little bit like Kick-Ass. It is. Um... So, h- his wife was, like, an addict and is kind of, like, depending on this, uh... Uh, as Wikipedia describes, a charismatic strip club owner who gets her hoots on I drugs. Know,
2: it's, it's Kevin Bacon, uh, played right? by Kevin Bacon.
0: Yeah, who has been referenced many times in uh, uh, James Gunn's Marvel work. But um, he he becomes the Crimson Bolt after watching this um, this Christian uh, Bible man sort of thing. It's, Bible it, man. It's based on. It's based on Bible man. It's called the oh, Holy no. Avenger. <laughs> the Holy We're Avenger being played back by to Nathan. Our
1: classic Bible man discussion. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Actually, it,
1: wait, this wait, will be released d- before that. that. <laughs> is that episode going to get released before this? No. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Damn it. Well, so, so is uh, this, this is like foreshadowing? A, is this a foreshadowing yeah. of a prequel discussion?
0: Yeah. Oh dear God. Oh anyway, my God. Um, we discussed. <laughs> so <Filling> we discussed <laughs>
1: Bible Man in a future episode. I just learned about him in that episode. It's going to be great. You're going to have a great time. We don't
0: really. We don't really discuss Bible Man. It's just you. Up. Uh, you know what? I'll let. I'll Oh, uh, it's so good.
1: It's it so good.
0: Um but Nathan Fillion plays the Holy Avenger and James Gunn plays like basically the devil and it's just very like it, uncomfortable, cringy a scene like PSA where,
1: where he goes
0: Yeah, yeah, he does a weird thing with his tongue, it's very creepy. Um and then that, in- that inspires uh Rain Wilson Whistle- Ra- Rain Wilson to make a superhero costume and he comes a crimson bowl and he has a wrench, a pipe wrench, and he just beats people in the head with it and by Shut be- up, people prime. i mean yeah and and by that i mean like he beats up like a guy who cuts in line um like not even like not even just like real criminals but just like a just some ass who cuts in line at the movies um so he's he's basically unhinged and crazy um and ellen page is also kind of crazy in that like she she like works at a comic book shop i think or like she just hangs out i forget but she becomes like kind of enamored by him and, like, becomes, um, his sidekick. But at one point, um, uh, she, like, literally, like, I think he's, like, sleeping and she rapes him, um, while they're both in costume. And it was just, like, this intensely uncomfortable, uh, sequence. And, like, um, the movie ended up having, like, a ha- a happyish ending, but I was like, man, what was the point of that? I couldn't... I couldn't track the the satire the same way like Izzy did with the specials. Maybe I'd have to rewatch it. But it was just like a very unsettling movie. But I feel like they cited this as well when talking about like, oh, this is how James Gunn deconstructs the idea of superheroism and this is why we chose him for the Guardians. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, that is a movie that I also did not enjoy. But um, again, I can see that they probably had fun with it. There's this very, very long animated uh intro that's it's a very like it's a friendly intro it's not like any it's not disgusting but it's very long to the point where like all of the animated characters they're all like panting after it's done because it was so long um liv tyler was the uh the wife um linda carolini's in it rob zombie is in it as the voice of god sean gunn is in it obviously yeah um yeah, and and of course, um, Watch Michael, his face Rooker. in it. Uh, Michael Rooker's in it. Yeah, so that that's basically caught up with his filmography, I guess. You know, we we covered the PG porn, we covered the supers, we covered special stuff. Yeah, um,
1: which which yeah. as we have to point out, the tagline for the specials is they're not incredible, they're just special. Mm-hmm. Which you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh, okay, you know. Um, yeah. Uh well Lolly Love was the fake documentary that he made with Jenna Fisher. Uh they're still good friends to this day, I believe. Yes. Which is nice. They, are they, asked they They talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Um so with all that in mind, you want to talk about the Guardians movies now that we're like what uh forty five minutes into this?
1: Yeah, this is well, like we need all this context is necessary to discuss our point yeah. of views about this. We knew this would be a long yeah. episode coming in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Izzy, you have to I'm you have finished. to go see uh, Mission Impossible at six. So yeah, we have like two, we have, two we hours, have
2: two hours. We two so hours. So we're we're fine. Completely
0: fine. There's a literal running clock. <laughs> Can't the fight clock. the friction. Um. So um. <laughs> um. Do you? Do any of you um have the opinion that there was any sexist or misogynistic uh content or any moments in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie?
1: um no but
2: i would argue that at 2014 marvel was not good in terms of that if you know what i mean
1: i mean i mean i when i went in i kind of just saw it and as a guy i was just like okay there wasn't like really anything like massive that that i saw (laughs) i kind of just saw it as kind of like an everyday movie and you know Mm -hmm. everyday movies have a lot of sexism in them because they're movies and so you're live like, in a desensitize the sexism
0: that you're just like, oh, it's just, it's like a feature, not a bug. <laughs> 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 point yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't really chalk it up. I mean, like James Gunn should be better at it, but like, I mean, I'm, we also live in a society that is like, I wasn't aware of it at the time and I didn't mm-hmm. see it at the time.
2: And the state of Marvel in terms of sexism at this point and as female characters and representation and the strong male characters Just wasn't great either because you had the most prominent ones before, like Guardians were, what Black Widow and Pepper Potts, and out of like, out of what feels like a ton of this male characters, and so it almost it was almost sort of refreshing to see Gamora and Nebula, especially since like Gamora and Peter didn't automatically just like fall in love at first sight together, but at the same time like the state of things at Marvel in that aspect was pretty not good i know anthony i know anthony mentioned this before we start recording but we also argued that age of ultron was a lot worse in terms of like the sexism right
1: yeah and but i mean like it's i mean like look people are probably gonna be like what the fuck i I don't even know what they're talking about sexism and guardians of the galaxy what what that's I didn't see anything major because, like, it's so ingrained in our society that even the little tiniest things that, like, a couple of lines that, like, like we just hear aren't are just there. They're not like major plot points of the movie. They're just like little one-off lines, and it's just like it's there. But I mean, it has it. It happens in a lot of other movies.
0: So I, I always thought Drax calling Gamora a horror. even the first time I ever saw that movie, I thought that was weird, off-putting, out of place. Mm-hmm. That was just like a because like the way they set up Gamora and the way people are treating her just does not match up at all. I yeah. felt um, like you know like Rocket's like oh why don't you try like seducing one of the other prisoners here or something like that like they find you attractive um, just just like moments like that it's like it's it's like they're setting her up to be like um, like this uh promiscuous femme fatale and like that's not that she does not act like that in any way in any part of the movie so i just found this weird it, the, the fact that they was like that was kind of a joke maybe like maybe cause, like was gamora, Gam- yeah yeah because like, gamora like but shuts him yeah. up after that yeah and it was like uh meant to like undercut this nice moment that they were having but mm-hmm. like, it just felt so weird mm-hmm. yeah um um other stuff like i mean i people were citing uh the very beginning when like uh Peter Cole makes this a grand escape, and, like, there is this, uh, this uh, alien, this extraterrestrial woman who, um, he had a one-night stand with, uh, kind of, like, at the bottom of the ship, and, um, he just, like, f- forgot about her, and also forgets, um, uh, her name, and Classic, you know, that's kind of like a... Like, like
1: yeah. I, like, I, I have seen movies in the past two years that have had that exact same yeah, kind of yeah. scene. Like I'm—I um, mean, I'm not surprised yeah. when I initially saw that.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that—that's why it didn't register me back then. It was like, oh yeah, it's that bit. It's that—it's that bit. Maybe—maybe um, maybe yeah, that's that the bit he was going for. Was that it's recently. a stereotypical
1: guy who can't remember girl's name and guy right. who like can't even remember that she's even here. Maybe yeah. that's like the bit yeah. he was going for. I mean, I didn't really see it.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing, so that's like, a, that's, like, a character trait of him, he's, like, just banging alien ladies left and right, just, like, having all these one-night stands, and he's, like, a a roguish-type uh, character, and, um, I guess, I don't know if I want to say the phrase, to be fair, but, like, he is, he's not that person by the time we get to Infinity War, you know? Yeah. Like, he is, um, like, he's still flirtatious in Volume 2. Um, but he's, like, trying to kind of, wa- like, Gamora, like, kind of, like, crossing her arms, and he's, like, kind of trying to, um, ease off of that, which I think is, a uh, character progression that, uh, I- that maybe we don't really talk about enough when we're talking about, like, sexism in the Guardians movies. Um, so I will give credit for that, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, it... And we're going to talk about this more when we get to James Gunn himself, but, like, the whole theme of, um, those Cardinals movies, it's, like, it's redemption, right? It's, like, a bunch of jackasses, and they, um, find a purpose, and they become better people, right? Yeah. I see what people mean, and, like, I agree with them to to, to, like, at some point, but, um, I give James Gunn a little space for that first movie because, um... In the long term it kinda of makes sense in a character arc standpoint, you know? Like, they're shitty people but they learn to not be shitty. Arguably. You can still argue yeah. that they're still shitty. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well definitely talk a lot about like redemption later
0: Yeah. and just how yes.
2: it's not just a theme of Guardians movies, but just Marvel movies in general. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. yeah. I think I guess I guess just the transition to volume two. Yeah. I think the scene that didn't really, I think, definitely put me off a little bit, but I attributed it as more to something else was, I think, the the methods, I guess, behind Ego's villainous plot, I think, are probably what ticked a lot of people off, I assume.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: and just like if, as I guess more of sort of recap, basically, Ego reveals that he just fucked a lot of women. Um, yeah to get a lot of children and if they couldn't like handle his supreme power they just like died or something. I think. That's how it's like that's a good description for it. And there's this what and like when he's relaying the scene you just see um like the little I guess there's like the little porcelain, like sort of animatronic <laughs> right. things. Just like show him like this just, just show ego like making out know, a bunch of women. And it is like kind of disgusting and I remember like when I'd seen that for the first time. I was like, oh my god, that looks like, it's fucked up. And I mm-hmm. treated that more to like not being really sexist, but just to show like how sick and twisted is ego as villain. I'm in a camp that I that thinks like ego's one of the best villains we've had in um, I agree. Marvel no, movies no, I agree. Just because yeah. just because it's so like sick and jarring and yeah. just Kurt Russell does a really good job and you really don't expect ego yeah. to be a villain either. Like yeah. in that capacity
1: um to and add so to that I
2: attribute that more to like being a good villain to add to oh, that sorry. on
1: the ego part, I also think it a good villain adds which I think we should actually do an episode on on good on villains and stuff um what makes yeah. what makes ego a good villain is how his relationship to the other heroes and that's what makes a good villain is how the heroes and the villains interact and being such a like such a strong, like, foil for Peter is important, I think. hmm Um,
0: when you describe his scheme like that, Izzy, that sounds kind of trauma-esque, doesn't it? Like, I'm gonna bang all these alien ladies and impregnate everyone so I will live <laughs> forever. Yeah, that's, like, really, really yeah. dumb.
1: That's, like, really dumb. That's... D-
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds, like when like when you remove the context of Marvel and Guardians, like that sounds like a very like something out of a trash movie, you know? Yeah. Um
2: Yeah, I think that's like the one thing people I think people like qualms is because I I like, arguably Gamora and Nembla are very strong like, realized characters in this movie. Mantis is I think we should talk I don't know if we should talk about Mantis, like I think We probably should. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that it's her nature to think like kinda of, like this you know, little cutie, dumb clothes, but you kind of see, like, Drax, like, sort of demeaning her, even if it's how- even if it's Drax's personality in general, I think there were also some points where it's like, well, that's just Drax, but also, like, what- and then suddenly he just, like, redeems himself by, like, saving her first, like, when he pushes her up in, like, the melting quicksand thing.
0: Um, while so know, also calling her uh, like, you're beautiful on the inside, like, <laughs> and you're like, Drax will be Drax, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. But I think, like, it's two bigger instances, but I think with what they'd already done with, like, Amora Nebula, they did a pretty good job on, like, establishing right. that sibling relationship. But, like, Ma-
0: Mantis was literally a slave, wasn't she? Would you call her that? To Ego? Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: Maybe not to the extent of um, uh, who was the who's the pink lady who had the who the collector had in the first movie?
2: Oh, oh, um, oh, oh! So I will like not be or something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I
2: I read that. was an interesting about,
0: moment. Yeah,
2: yeah. I read something about that. Um, actually, just being like you know, even like these little character. I think to someone redeeming James Gunn, like defending James Gunn. Even like little characters like her, like. I think it's like Karina or something. Like I don't remember her name.
0: It's probably but it. Yeah.
2: Those moments like that, like they were commending James Gunn on those moments because he was saying they were saying how, you know, little characters like that, like he makes those matter and he gives them sort of like this personality and like a backstory. Like you know, as she does come off as a slave in Guardians One, it's, I guess it's sort of defending Guardians One, but like you can see, like she's just done with like the collector's crap and like it's a kind of a powerful moment when she just holds a stone and like blows up the entire building? And yeah, I but it's it's being, almost oh, like a,
0: a a a suicide kind of moment, you know? Like a uh, I don't know if it was like I I it, it did not register. I couldn't tell if that was her trying to harness the power or if that was her trying to like kill herself.
2: I think it's the former, like just mm-hmm. you know, I like just having power over like, the collector, for, like man. because like she. So I remember during like. I think when the Collector, I think, was explaining about what the Infinity Stones were, she seemed, yeah. like, kind of
3: huh, lost.
2: And then, like, when she hears about power, like, she could of, like, a light bulb that snaps up in her and she doesn't really notice. Yeah, she doesn't really sure. see that, like, this could kill her. But that moment when she realizes, like, this power, like, that she could possibly have, like, that was kind of a powerful realization and moment for her.
0: Right, but I I would not say that her blowing up was.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just adding to like the female death toll, like yeah, oh absolutely, tally. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, especially like oh like Guardians two definitely had a death toll with all like the the mountain of skulls. Um, that, that was Nebula yeah. and Gamora found. Yeah, that was gnarly. Um. <sighs> Yeah, it's Guardians 2. Anything else that we missed in that movie? Before we dig in deep to this James Gunn shit?
2: I think um, that's it. And um, an hour in. And let's talk about, um, I guess at this moment now, two weeks ago, correct?
1: Yes. Two weeks ago on uh, this Friday. This upcoming, well, this upcoming, the day we will release this.
2: I was going to ask like all y'all, like, what were you doing, I guess, when you heard about James Gunn being fired?
1: I think I was at work, and then I got home and I saw it. Uh,
0: I think I got a push notification. Yeah, because I, that I got a push notification my, yeah. from New York Times. I think. Yeah, well, as well, the soon day before it will Yeah, the, the day before that's when he released a statement before he got fired, right? When those tweets came out, and yeah. um, uh, Anthony, I think on our group chat, you were like, "Oh, I've like said a bunch of." Bad stuff on Twitter before, like, that doesn't, that shouldn't matter anymore, right? or uh, Correct me. I don't know. I, exactly I mean, like, I've said,
1: like, horrific things in 2008, uh-huh. and 2009, uh, that, like, sometimes will appear up in, like, my memories from six years ago. And oh, I'm like, wow, oh okay. my god, fuck, I can't believe oh, I said no. those things. Yeah. Oh my god, I am awful. Um, and then I promptly deleted it because that is not the person I am because I learned and I evolved because I am a person mm-hmm. who has made yeah. mistakes in the past. So I, you know want to correct those exactly yeah so the the announcement of him being fired was on the 20th of july yes yes of july and earlier on on the 20th i think at after midnight james had like a thread like into 20th into the 20th saying like how he's sorry he was and stuff on the 19th all the stuff came out um i mean i want to go into i would like to go into like who the people are that released all this shit and why they're yeah. important, but I don't know if you guys want to cover other things first, and then I'll cover them. It's up to you. Uh,
0: let's do yours first, because um, I do have a question about like scrubbing tweets and posts. But I think having some context on who um, who weaponized these first, I think, um, should come first. Okay, if you agree with me. So
1: yeah, I'm gonna have to take this all the way back to 2014. Um, <laughs> okay. Wait, and, yes. Anthony, before yes, you go, go right
2: in, Anthony, before you go into that, just to like give. I asked my two, like, my, my contacts, like, I actually found out about James Gunn being fired from you guys, um, in this, like, our sort of teacher right. chat, yeah. I think, Chris, I was on the phone with my mom having a shit day at my work, uh, work, and oh, I saw the a push okay. notification, and I was on the phone with my mom, and I read it, I read, like, the, the little, um, like, sorry, hyperlink, and the headline, I was like, what the actual fuck, like,
3: uh-huh.
2: I think I was, I think I can say for everyone who we are all like kind of in shock. Um, and I just started worrying in my head um, something I'll get into it later, but like I want to talk about it. Um, and I was like, why the hell is this happening? Like, this
1: mm-hmm. is,
2: yeah. this is stupid. Um, yep. And I guess Anthony can go into the situation in general.
1: So, so I've been kind I of people. following this for a while. And I, and like the people that, did this? I've also been seeing for a while, and it all starts kind of back in 2014, where we had Gamergate, and you're probably thinking, mm-hmm. "What does ethics in gaming journalism have to do with the firing of a movie director?" Well, I have a story <laughs> for you. So, for those who don't know, great what by the is, way, a uh, a game developer uh, was having a uh, was having a relationship with a games journalist and.
0: Was it Zoe Quinn?
1: Uh, this is this is the OG gaming gaming gamergate shit, and I'm trying to like break it down as simply as possible. I, I, I may get stuff okay, wrong. Yeah.
0: So, like, I thought Zoe Quinn was like OG. Oh, I, I, that I was mean, I don't remember the name. Ground Zero. The, the, yeah. the
1: only thing that I'm just gonna basically say was um, uh, a group of people hopped on uh, a woman for making uh, for doing something for saying stuff, and it kind of like spiraled into the alt right it's attacking this one individual, this one woman for, uh, for not being ethical in games journalism. And I put those in big giant quotes because that's not really Ooh. the focus of the attack. They say that it's ethics in game journalism, but it's really just misogyny and sexism because they don't want women talking about games. And that has evolved over the years, um, into, yeah,
0: not, not just women, just like marginalized. Yeah, games exactly. Like, so marginalized. like
1: anytime yeah. diversity comes up in gaming, um, it is always shot down as being SJW liberal bullshit. Keep, my, um, keep your
0: politics out of my game. Exactly. And
1: it's and it's become this kind of giant fuck fest. Um and what's important <laughs> is to talk about who kind of spearheaded this. So uh, what spearheaded the whole Gamergate thing was Milo Yiannopoulos, who many of you know as talking about pedophilia, uh as being like a okay, um, in public in the past year and a half. So that is one thing. And the other person, person is Mike Cernovich. Mike Cernovich is a alt-right fuck. I'm using fuck as a very important term because he is an asshole. Um, who, has, who was accused of racism in the early 2000s. Uh, pleaded, not racism, rape, uh, right? Sorry, not racism, rape in the early 2000s. He was tried for rape. Pleaded yeah, guilty. Worse. <laughs> pleaded guilty to rape. And on Twitter has talked about raping women casually. So, in the past, like, four years. So, let's put that, let's, let's, let's lay that down right there. Um, over the years, Gamergate has kind of evolved into the stereotypical gamer now as, you know, alt-right people who attacked diversity in gaming in, in, of any capacity as, like, ruining games. Um, mm-hmm. And then that has morphed into nerd culture as a whole. So, Ryan Johnson actually had, like, a nice little Twitter thread um, about specifically Gamergate people. Um, and that had, and a lot of other people were agreeing with him. It's like, yeah, Gamergate has now evolved into this sort of attack against, uh, attack against issues just because they want to attack the issues, not because there's any sort of traumatic cause for the issues or there's no level of accountability or something. Just, they just want to attack the issue. Um, because of the person, so you have Ryan Johnson talking about this because you have these same people who you know were a part of gamergate, that same mentality going into the criticisms of of last jedi um and now you have those same same type of people going into what happened with James Gunn uh, right. you had these old tweets that were brought back that were actively dug into and found these tweets through archive. Um, and brought them back out into the light specifically because these, the, the people that brought it up, Mike Cernovich and Ben Shapiro, were upset because James Gunn got into a Twitter, argue with them, Twitter argument with them about Trump. James yeah. Gunn has been a known yeah. uh, progressive who's spoken up about uh, Trump and all of his terrible policies in the past and now people are actively attacking him because of because of that. Um
0: it's a lot of like why don't you stick to making movies. Yeah, exactly. Kind and
1: of yeah. it's that's not that's not how anyone can kind of live and like taking like politics and art are like every all art is political, is my perspective. Like no one can deny that. Like whether or not it has some. You're absolutely right. Of it, yep. po- politics are always going to be connected to art, and you cannot deny that in any capacity. Sorry, um, that's just the way it is. Um,
0: that's what the show is about. You yeah, know?
1: exactly. And <laughs> um, and so my whole point is is that these people took the idea of the Me Too movement and left accountability. So you have people on the left who are making, you know, your Harvey Weinstein's of the world, your Kevin Spaceys, people who have done and have actively done horrific things have never apologized properly, have never come out and have said I have made mistakes. Um uh, uh who have affected people in traumatic and serious ways and those people that have been traumatized are the ones bringing this to light. That is not what is happening here. The James Gunn uh has apologized for his tweets. has uh been an outspoken has constantly talked about how his his comments in the past and the things that he has done in the past have been horrific and has become has evolved to become a better person. And the people who brought this to light didn't do this out of Oh, those tweets traumatize me, or things that he has said in the past are bad and they affect no moral personally. obligations, these are, just pure
0: like spitefulness. And this
1: was done out of spite, like this was an and, attack, and this was a yeah, direct malicious intent. Attack. And immediately after James Gunn's events, the same group of people Mike Cernovich, Ben Shapiro, and all the, the people that follow these, the, the, that group. Um, were started to attack other people. They started to attack. Um, where, where's the tweet? Where's the tweet?
0: Pat Oswalt. Uh,
1: Pat Oswalt. Um, um, Michael kinda, Ian
2: Black. Michael Ian Black.
1: Yep. Thank you. And they started bringing up you Sarah know like old shorts and old videos for it. Dan and it's like And it's and it's evolving into this these you know conspiracy theories of Hollywood pedophiles yeah.
0: and yeah, like a network And, an and, and, network. and it's yeah. the,
1: these are the same people that you know created Pizzagate where hillary clinton <laughs> was funding a pizza store that was harvesting child sex traffickers like what the fuck <laughs> like these yeah
0: yeah you had a man who actually yeah. like uh tried to enter the uh, pizza shop armed i think yes that's what happened um uh the, the, the thing i want to add about GamerGate yes. is that it was basically the alt-right's way of radicalizing young people mm-hmm. Yep. Um it was it was um their way of like even if they didn't know it at the time, that was basically what mobilized um uh youth to get involved in the uh the Trump campaign and like, you know, making uh quote unquote dank memes and other um other things of that like to um uh, basically get um to basically shit post Donald Trump into the White House. Um, so that's, that's kind of why, like, you know, Anthony, you're saying, like, you're, you're making the argument here, I think, very well that, um, like, Gamergate has kind of extended, um, to the, the larger political yes. sphere, and it's, to, it's definitely, yeah. like, a huge to factor put it here. easily,
1: Mike Cernovich uses tactics, and I'm quoting this from a tweet, uses tactics that we've seen over four years stemming from Gamergate to now to rile up a reactionary, aggressive part of the internet. That's how we de- popularized the dangerous Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Yep. The reason yeah, the Sorovich's yeah. tactics are scary is the reason we can't uh we can't ignore how he operates, is because they work. He doesn't care about whether or not he's spreading false information. Reality just gets in the way of his main goal. Spreading false information just as to spreading false information to as many people as possible. And here's the hmm. last thought that the Twitter user says um, if you're a journalist and you're reporting on someone like Cernovich this weekend, please take the extra 10 minutes to illustrate past conspiracy campaigns and behavior for your readers. That That's crucial to understanding the story at hand. And that's why I'm bringing this up. It's not just because okay, we're going to yeah. talk about James Gunn and the specific, he did. About, uh, the specific things he's done. We have to talk about the specific things he's done. We have to talk about Mike yes. Cernovich as a whole and why mm-hmm. him bringing these tweets up and why Ben Shapiro bringing these tweets up. Is not only a specific attack that could have rippling effects to hundreds of people in multiple industries. Uh, ju- it, this is just you know bad faith, bad uh, you know it's it's fueling conspiracy theorists in horrific ways. That's
2: yeah. I wrote in... yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Like I just wanted to add. Like I'm just so. I just wanted to add, I guess, just how frustrated I am at Disney, like, right now. Because, like, everything you're saying, Anthony, I completely agree with. Like, this was an attack on James Gunn. Um, It was done, like, on the image. Like, the image they're putting to Disney is that, oh, like, look at this horrible, horrible man. Like, Like, what could he do in the future? But in reality, this was just people bullying James Gunn out of his job. And Disney is not really realizing that. I wrote an article... A, I wrote an article for Marvel News Desk. Like, um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: the, the first... Uh, it's called, like, We Hired James Gunn. Like, how Disney's now changing the Me Too movement and just, like, this sphere in general. Is that because... Um, in general, like, Disney tries to have this sort of neutral image because Disney has literally funded all of our childhoods. And so... That's it's right. hard for Disney to pick a... To quote-unquote pick a side... Because they're going to alienate some portion of their fan base. However, by, you know, firing James Gunn on the credence, I guess, of these tweets, they've already picked a side. And that side is the same side as a charged rapist. Which is why I don't know if I can even look Disney in the eye right now and say, This is okay. Like, you made a good decision. Um, Adam from Marvel News Desk, um, talked to, like, and we were talking about it, and we were um, all talking about it, um, Adam from Marvel News Desk said, outside of Feige, not a single person has done more for the MCU than James Gunn, and it's really, it's really sad, I think I'm, I'm definitely getting emotional about this, but, like, it's just really sad to see Disney put so little faith on this man who's made them billions, of millions of dollars, um, and instead, really pick the side of like just "quote unquote" the people because they've been pushed against a wall. And you know, I've I tell people all the time. I have probably told you both at some point. Like, I'd love to work for Marvel one day or just like the entertainment mm-hmm. industry. And right now, on the on like the rise of Disney, sort of becoming the biggest entertainment company in the world with the like, acquisition of Fox, it's really hard to sort of look that company in the eye being like, I would like Disney in the eye be like, I would like to work for you. Like my best friend at home loves Disney. She goes to Disney world every year with her family. Like her, like I bought her Disney stuff for her birthday. Like they've spent like millions and millions of dollars. And it's just, I don't even, I haven't even talked about this with her because it's just so hard. Just be like, just to look at that company and say, you're supporting like a rapist. You know, like you're supporting this guy who's, you know, as Anthony said, like charge rapists, like started GamerGate in that conjunction, started ComicGate, which is which is um fault, which is falls on the same ideals, but instead tar- targets comic book writers instead, and it's just hard to look Disney in the eye right now and say, why do you think this is okay?
1: Uh, I also want to point out that in August of 2012, Cern- Cernovich wrote that date rape does not exist, um, so just oh, yeah, that He's, um, yeah. that little piece yeah. of yeah. shit in there, because fuck that.
0: Uh, it yeah. can I play, uh, Devil's Advocate a little bit here? Mm-hmm. Um, because I kind of go back and forth on this little bit, so, um, I keep imagining the world in which Disney did not fire James Gunn, but all these tweets were out there, um, do you feel like there would be people who would who would say, um, how can I look Disney in the eye when they have this person who has like joked about pedophilia and rape and all of that stuff, um, when they're when they're letting him of all people direct a Disney movie. Um uh, fucking the, Johnny Depp. That's <laughs> that's Johnny one. Depp is fucking Okay yeah. so like physically <laughs> yeah, abused, exactly. and, Johnny Depp uh, You're like, uh, what, Yes. Uh, well okay, so uh,
1: that's, she that's
2: about a Comic Con of... for a minute, like how Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were, like, maybe, like, what, 15 feet away from each other? Yes. And, like, people okay. didn't see
0: it was a problem? You are right. But, like, just, just like, homeless in, just, like, center on James Gunn. Like, without the, uh... You know, I guess, like, John Oliver called the the whataboutism, you know? Which, like, it's, it's yeah. relevant for sure, but, like, let's just, like... But... Talk about that... The the universe in which James Gunn is still directing this movie. Like, I yeah. was kind of... I was... Yeah, go ahead, Izzy. Yeah, so I
2: was just, like, I do to, um andy's point because it's very like, true yeah. and something like people yeah, bring yeah. up a lot but like so in my article i try to be like as non-biased as possible because that's how i was taught to write for journalism okay. so. sure. and um and i think that's the part that like hurts me the most is because i can i've been going on and on and saying how hurt i am by disney like it's made my childhood like i can't look people and i can't look the company in the eye and be like what you did was okay. But the worst part is that I know that Disney had no other choice because the alt-right knows that the me too movement is this hot new, th- quote unquote, hot new thing.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: they capitalized on it being like, and they capitalized on it saying like, you know, like they've like my certain division, these people have shown Disney, look at these tweets. You have to fire him in like a winking, like notions as someone else, yeah, you know? And it's the first time where I think, even if Kevin Feige wanted to do something, he could not have done anything. Like Alan Horn wasn't gonna, like Bob Iger wasn't just gonna swoop in and save the day, being like,
3: "Yeah, oh
2: yeah. yeah, like it's oh yeah, like I trust you completely, like totally. We'll keep James gun if that's what you want." Like this is the first time when Kevin Feige literally could not have done anything. And I think right. if you look at Marvel Studios' history under Kevin Feige, where he's literally put someone out of power like i i e i cromutter to get the civil war movie he wants i think that's a big thing in that aspect
3: because Mm -hmm.
2: we haven't seen that before right yeah and and like yeah
0: (laughs) mcu's first scandal huh
2: yeah we only uh, only took 10 years i mentioned it I mean I would argue that the biggest thing it had since before this was Edgar Wright. And even then y'all were like even you guys. Yeah, did. it's not a it's
0: bad, kind of scandal. But not like, it's like a yeah. unfortunate thing. <laughs> it's,
1: I can't wait for it's the, it's the first aftermath. controversy.
0: This is first like yeah. um like this is the um you know, this is the alt right um trying to dismantle the idea of um uh, of me too by kind of um trying to weaponize the uh, reactionary nature of it yeah and kind of trying to like trying to score their own wins like it's a contest of some sort yeah. um yeah it's so like, like it's not know, like, a, those... we don't want more of this like people yeah. don't want more you know rape <laughs> i mean i i don't know like why that has to be said like do you <laughs> like do you what? remember when 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 they fired Roseanne, there was, like, this movement, and it was like, oh, yeah, we gotta take down Bill Maher now. And it's like, and we every, we were like, yeah. no, you can have him. Yeah! Go right ahead! He said <laughs> racist shit and has not
1: apologized for it! He's Islamophobic um, as shit, and is, like, a yeah. complete and total asshole! Like, that's it! Like, I'm perfectly fine with that!
0: Like, That, what? that was such a weird, like, weird response to that. Yeah! Um, yeah. Do, Izzy, did you have any other points or did we want to move on to the other uh cases to compare this to? since I mentioned Roseanne already.
2: So uh, my family friend who's um conservative because I am from Grange, Connecticut,
0: uh <laughs>
2: the little small okay. red, rebellious district uh that's not district town of um the very otherwise blue Connecticut. Um and he was sort of like he we generally agreed with the same points, like he was saying how, you know, like, you're right, like, what James Gunn has said, and, like, what's been happening now, like, he should not have been fired. But I think, and I'm going to try to find, like, the exact sort of words and, like, phrasing he said, but he was arguing that the nature of the Me Too movement means that, like, you can't, if you have to, it's like, so in my article, I talk about how the the Me Too movement needs to sort of be restructured, reorganized, um, but he argued that the nature of the Me Too movement is just an all-or-nothing deal. Like, that's the nature of it. If you hire people like James Gunn again... Zero tolerance. Exactly. He was arguing that the Me Too movement is zero tolerance. However, then you look at people like Chris Hardwick, who has just been rehired on Talking Dead for mm-hmm. AMC. Well, and yeah. so the, the, I think that's something... Yeah. Some, I think that's something somewhat important because like, I know... like his ex-girlfriend's like claims were sort of like sort of like they were yeah exactly and there's that but you still like and i've seen a bunch of twitter campaigns being like you know chris harbick deserves redemption and stuff but i but then you argue like you have cases like these and Mm -hmm. you argue like so when is that like sort of window for redemption yeah like we argue that like james like people argue that james gunn is gonna be fine you know like
1: oh people, yeah he'll be like, fine but I like, I think like
2: people also the- yeah people also know like this is i think people know enough well enough that like this is in like attack you know i think the fault is more at disney and like just yeah. to think about what you had said chris about a world where they had kept james gunn i think about a world where like yeah, Disney had just not done anything. Like, if they had really kept the statement, I guess, sort of in line with what you were saying. And I almost think that Disney would have faced less heat and, like, less, like, there would have been less spotlight on them if they had kept James Gunn. I argue that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Just because, like, this sort of alt right attack could have just been that, like, an alt right attack just been, like, making the local, like, news circles. is just something, you know. Like people attack James Gunn today and then really that, and then James Gunn speaks out about them and then that's it. But by firing James Gunn, It brings it more to light. Yes. It puts a hotter spotlight on like Disney. And what honestly a lot of people are saying now is that they shouldn't have done it. Like there's this really good article um, on the Hollywood reporter um, written by Mark Bernardin. I I don't know if that's how you pronounce the name. It's called Firing James Gunn." Disney hurts all of Hollywood, and I definitely recommend you guys yep. read it because it's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Just to transition into, oh, sorry, were we saying Anthony?
1: No, I was just to say, like, uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, we already talked about this, but well, you know, like, it's feeding into the idea of like Disney is capitulating to a fucking as Lindsay Ellis, qu- I'm quoting her tweet. This is nauseating at Disney and at Marvel, capitulating to a fucking PizzaGate conspirator over shit they already knew, blown up into quote pedophiles run Hollywood end quote nonsense. Why? Just why? Fix this.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Just to tra- and like, I guess transitioning into the other scandals that have happened recently, um, I think we have to mention sort of Roseanne Barr. Like I think you guys had mentioned like the alt right. Wanted to say like oh like if we take down if they take down Roseanne Barr you can have like Bill Murr, was that his name? Bill Mar. Bill Mar. Yeah. Um. And so in yeah so in that same article um I look at sort I look at Disney and ABC's press statements because they're all owned under the same company. Yep. And if and like I'll I'll read them like just to give just sort of a background for what these are. And so, if you look at James, if you look at, if you look at Alan Horn's statement um, on James Gunn, Alan Horn is the chairman of Walt Disney Studios. Um, Horn said, "The offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James's Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values, and we have severed our business relationship with him." And so, that's and so that was Alan Horn's statement. If you look a month ago, and see what Channing Dungy said about Roseanne, he's the president of ABC Entertainment, yep. Um, he says, Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, she... <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, it's a, it's a girl. Oh, oops. <laughs> so, sorry. But, anyway, Dungy says, Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, and we have decided to cancel her show. And essentially, it just, for me, it just highlighted how Disney has treated these skinnels as the same, but more importantly, Disney has made it like very cookie-cutter, essentially. It's the same template, just changing a couple of words around. It's like paraphrasing when you it's essentially paraphrasing a statement, just replacing the names. And it's not and both situations are still somewhat similar in that they've Twitter was a hot sort of like a a hotbed for it. And they mm-hmm. both had the free will to write this and chose to, but you look at it in very different ways because Roseanne wrote this when she was 65 last year and apologized for it, but is still almost capitalizing on it to put her name in the news. And meanwhile- Wait, more
0: recent than that, right? Wasn't that just like a really- re- like she was like fired the next day, I think? yeah. Wasn't it- a- No, no. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she was fired the next day, but like she's- but like oh, I've been seeing her in the other news now. Other
0: stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. She was like saying, "I didn't know Varyl. I was like, "I didn't know Valley Jarrett wasn't like I didn't know Valley Jarrett wasn't white or something like that." I didn't I know. Didn't she was,
0: know I thought bitch that bitch was white. Black, I think what she what she said.
2: Yeah, and like Jesus she's still. Christ. It almost feels like she's capitalizing on like what oh she said. Like just put herself in the news since she doesn't have her fan. Meanwhile, Gun like for Gunn, like this was made ten years ago, and he's apologized for it profusely and he's proven himself and yet disney still fired him
1: on a more semantics note on a more semantic he deleted the tweets so it implies that the tweets were still there and that like he owned like he he still accepted those as things that he Mm -hmm. like was okay with which is not in any way what happened
2: yeah yeah, Like, we've argued, like, James Gunn will be fine, and I think, like, he will. It's just that like, He got let go from some starskin Hutch
0: reboot, I think. I, I'm that. honestly yeah. kind
2: of more concerned about, like, his project he was about to announce to Sony. That like, he really wanted It's like, I've heard, like, that project he was going to do with Sony is okay. something he really wanted to do. Sure,
0: yeah.
1: But, like, look <laughs> I don't know what I think about yeah,
0: that, like, to be honest.
1: Like, do you think Like, um, everyone's saying, like, oh, he'll be fine. Do you think he will? Like, but, like, that's like, one, uh, sure, I mean, like, he has a lot of money, he's a director, he could just help me, like, people will give a shit. Like, remember, Nick, like, fucking, uh, fuck, uh, I keep bringing <laughs> him up, but Nick Robinson from Polygon. Yeah, uh, formerly of Polygon, Formerly yes. Polygon, I want to yeah. clarify that. Fucking, you know, like, try to have sex with, you know, like, underage kids. Um, and, uh, and sliding like, into those DMs and slashing people at uh, like, uh, hey, conventions. I'm at Polygon and I make content and yeah. was fired appropriately when everyone learned about it and still has a massive fan base and Patreon and, you know, is a fucking asshat like he he whined about this and he he, he was like he, oh yeah, i mean like I'm, him i know how that there, feels. there's a bunch of people in who have like been attacked by the left and i put that in put that in quotes because like the people that did this were like assholes and rightly so so like colin moriarty kind of funny yeah um like commented Formally about kind of funny where yeah. like he fucking put he fucking put on like a T-shirt, uh, like um day without women, and he was like so happy about it, like, "Oh, uh... finally some finally peace and quiet." Some is peace what and said. quiet. He tweeted and that. It's like, he what framed, the fuck? he
0: printed, and framed that tweet even after he got let go from Kinda of Funny. Yeah, and like, he the had the fuck? guard be like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly how that feels, James Gunn." Like you um, did this a year ago, you
1: fucking yeah. asshole. And um, and Nick Robinson had a had a tweet that. Literally brought me like I was furious about It was gross.
0: Uh, yeah, it was pretty gross. I
1: mean, i do you think I should bring it up or
0: uh let's let's move because we have a lot yeah. of names to mention. Yeah, like yeah. uh Yeah I mean I definitely wanted to talk about the idea of confronting the problem, whereas mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. Roseanne had the um What was Roseanne made again? some bank What was her, what like was Roseanne's how... excuse that about why she, she was she on that? She was on drugs. She was on
2: drugs. She didn't know that bitch was white. But, but um, what, what specific
0: drug? I feel like that became, like, a, a meme. Like...
2: It was, like... Was it Ambien? It
0: yeah, it was Ambien. Ambien. It was Ambien. Yeah. She said she... Yes. It was on Ambien. Uh, and then, like, the, the, the Twitter account of Ambien responded to that. <laughs> it just became, like, this thing. That's not... Being racist um, is not a side effect of Ambien. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Um... And, like, we we've heard so many, like, apologies in, like, the Me Too, Time's Up, um... Uh, saga, and, like, you know, a lot of them were bad, like, um... Oh, really bad. Louis C.K., Charlie Rose, you know, Nick Robinson, we mentioned him, like, Kevin he had Spacey. a pretty not good apology. I'm gay, guys! Um, Kevin Spacey, oh, Kevin Spacey's apology was very bad. Um...
2: Yeah.
0: And people who i like, who I've talked to who, like, cite those as being bad apologies, I feel like they have kind of, um they accepted james gunn's apology like whether or not like i know some people who are like oh those james gunn tweets are really gross i hate the people who who empowered the alt right but i also don't think james gunn should have been hired in the first place and i think that's a valid point i think it's a valid uh view to have but even even some of those people think i
1: am for him now (laughs) yeah
0: like even even some of those people like accepted the apology even if they like are still like grossed out by james gunn as a person
1: People accepted, um... Why am I, Dan Harmon's apology.
0: Uh, about the Megan Gans thing? Yeah, or and then the, Megan...
1: Yeah. the Megan actually, uh, like, accepted his apology as well.
0: Yeah, like, he was very open and he he was comprehensive about it. Like, and we all know Dan Harmon has, like, had a lot of controversy over the yeah. years. Yeah, um and, yeah, I, and, I,
1: like, and he doesn't... I don't think he shies away from it, either.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, the thing with Dan Harmon is that he, um... Uh when he he got basically um chased off Twitter for a sketch that uh these right goons found um after the James Gunn thing. And Adult Swim had a statement that was like the opposite of Disney's statement. It was like we we understand this is like uh, not consistent with our values. However, Dan Harmon understands that this that uh our network has no place for this kind of stuff. Um almost like they looked at Disney's Statement and we're like, oh yeah, we're we're not gonna do what they did. Those guys screwed themselves over. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, yeah. Like, I imagine. I think. What I think. The thing with Dan Harmon happened like a good couple of days, if not a week, like after Disney fired James Gunn.
1: Yeah. And then, they yeah, uh, it happens actually happens, happened. I think gotten. two or three days after, and Michael Ian Black's happened the day of or the night of the yeah. James Gunn firing.
0: Yeah. Oh dear God, these people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's gonna keep I getting think- worse.
2: Yeah, like, we argue that, like, it's a, it's a, it's a case, I'm sorry to bring this back, but, like, it's a case of, like, how should Me Too, like, Me Too needs to be restructured, otherwise it's just gonna die out, even if it's, like, dis- no matter how many people it's helped, like, with less movement is now facing, like, the heat with um, the piece from Ronadier, yep. like, just published. Yep. Like, no matter how many people it's helped, or how many people justly were put away, like Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, like Les Moonves, sure. like, hopefully. Um, we haven't seen anything yet. Um, no matter how many good people you take away, like, the Me Too movement is not going to survive if people continue to abuse it like this. Like, I think I think back to um, that Babe.net article about Aziz Ansari, um, and how this one journalist had said how, you know, this one... Writer of this site, who I think, by quote, I think Babe was like, "Look, like we're just some girls who don't give a fuck," and that was like their mission statement, essentially, or like their, um, like they're about on the website. And this woman on CNN, this journalist on CNN, was like essentially saying how, you know, you have you're discrediting the entire movement. And then this journalist kind of like fired back and sent like a hmm. series of like expletives. Wait, so what? And she when did like, the thing with the
1: happen? I thought it was like a recent thing that happened, and like. He, no, he it was
2: get...
1: like When was it? Was it was like
2: February, January, I
1: think. Like, he had just won his Golden Globe. No, I know that happened,
0: but when, did, when
1: was the action that he like, that the whole thing spurned off? On? Uh, I, Probably
0: like the year before the story came out, right? Like, at some sort of, like, yeah, Emmy's like party, I think?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, he, like, they met at the Emmy's party, and then they had like a I guess
0: like a date. Um, a, 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 what was
1: it? A cat person, as you know, as everyone remembers the the New Yorker article, the cat person style of of interaction.
2: Yeah. Um, if,
1: if for those who don't know, cat person is kind of is a it's a long story about how uh, women women like women and relationships are kind of mm-hmm. this like forced relationship. And like it's like it's creepy, but it's not societally creepy. So it's like okay, and I'm putting I'm using finger quotes for a lot of this,
0: right? It's I mean yeah, I mean like the whole deal about that was that it was like what like soft consent, like it wasn't exactly um, exactly, but it was still like it was it was still behavior that a lot of women had experienced and like sympathized with. Um, so that's why it became so contentious because you know there's the argument that like oh, like men are only okay with his behavior because they're also like that, uh, but you know there's also the argument of like oh it this is um like this is this is now where we should draw the line, so you know yeah. i yeah i'm I'm gonna be fair i I have not. Really landed on really any side of this, and I've been very like I don't know what to think about Aziz and Zari anymore. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's like that's like why conversations like this are important, where we kind of like try to contextualize everything. And mm-hmm. uh, because like even though these are all like isolated incidents, it's all it's all very it's all happening under like one wave and um, hashtag
2: it's all connected. Ev- yeah, and
0: everything just keeps like <laughs> everything just keeps like the circumstances keep changing, and it's. Um, I, I've always, I'm, I'm interested, Izzy, you keep saying, like, the words, like, organization and movement, and, um, I've never really seen this as an organization the same way, you say, like, Black Lives Matter is. Um, like, I guess Time's Up is, like, a literal, like, institution where you can, like, donate money to, like, um, you know, help, um, uh... Domestic
1: abuse survivors. Yeah,
0: like, find legal representation yeah. for these people. But, um, like, I there's no, like, central uh, part of Me Too from what I know. Um,
2: yeah. It's really yeah. just a move... Sorry, I cut you off. It's just like it's an just idea really concept.
0: A
3: yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: like, that's kind of the problem because the Me Too movement doesn't really recognize redemption and, like, in a place where... In a company, and for and Disney, where so many of the movies and stories that they tell top of redemption like guardians for stars ant-man i quote ant-man in that article um look at any of their animated movies um mm. i think and you know just this it's like looking at a company that like shows you like you've made if you've made a States, you can like, everyone deserves a second chance like it's you know it's kind of it's almost a little bit hypocritical
1: um here's a so i have a nice little quote about james Gunn, and we'll kind of go into sure um because I feel like we haven't talked about like other people's reaction, like the, mm-hmm. the yeah. other Guardians actors, uh, their reactions. But I'm gonna yeah. start that off by quoting. Um, so James Gunn had a uh, a conversation with BuzzFeed, um, talking about his early oh, days yeah. at Marvel, yeah. and great. this is what he yeah, said: media. "I protect yeah. myself. I, I protect myself by writing scenes where people shoot people in the face." And if I have to think about around shooting some, if I have to think around shooting someone in the face, it's harder. But I think it's more rewarding for me. I feel I felt like Guardians forced me into a much deeper way of thinking about, you know, my relationship to people. I suppose I was a very nasty guy on Twitter. It was a lot, a lot of fucking edgy, mm. yeah. in your face, dirty stuff. Yeah. I suddenly was working for Marvel and Disney, and that didn't seem like something I could do anymore. I thought that that would be a hindrance on my life, but the truth was, it was a big, huge opening for me. I realized a lot of that stuff is a way that I push away people. When I was forced into being this, he moved his hand over his chest. I felt more fully myself. And what's this? Uh, the interviewer asked. Sensitive, I guess, he said. Positive, I mean, I really do love people. By not having jokes to make about whatever was that offensive topic of the week that forced me into just being who I really was, which was a pretty positive, posi- pretty positive person. It felt like a relief.
0: So yeah. That's he, I man and he, this was wow. like this was during the press tour for Guardians 2, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like mm-hmm. over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- I I feel like people who Damn. don't I I've met them, but if there are people who don't think that that apology was sincere, like just just read that BuzzFeed piece. Like um man, that that says a lot. I remember sharing that a lot and be like, yo, like just just read about this guy. You're going to learn a lot about mm-hmm. like you know, just just the idea of like transformation and and art and whatnot and uh, man that I would wa- I would love for that article to and it's, um, and it's be really viral interesting because like time.
1: his public persona evolved and his and like him as a person also evolved like he was once a really he was once an alcoholic like mm-hmm. like horrifically alcoholic and it ruined a lot of relationships for him and it and like he got out of it. And like he talked a yep. lot he has talked a lot about how he's been he's done shitty things in the past he's done like live streams about it and it's just really you know interesting like the where he's come from,
3: yeah,
0: he does um, do a lot of live streams like he engages with the fans and like a way that I don't see really any other filmmaker, like maybe like Ryan Johnson being the closest, I think, but I mm-hmm. think James Gunn much more. Yeah, uh, I mean, Ryan
1: Johnson. Yeah. Ryan Johnson is like actually like had conversations with like you know nice conversations with people on Twitter about like yeah. issues in life and stuff, and like
0: that's that's great. Um, yeah. back to uh, James Gunn. Can I? I want to ask Izzy something really quickly. Just it, it, we're kind of rewinding yeah. the conversation a little bit, but I just want to ask before I move on. Um. What's the what's the solution for like the organization of the Me Too movement? Like, does there have to be like like a chairwoman? Does there have to be like a a Ten Commandments of Me Too? Like a a sort of cut and dry, black and white? Like this is how we expect people to conduct themselves.
2: I'll be honest. The reason why like I left my article, I left my article so open-ended, like Me Too yeah. solution, is because I did not. No, and I thought, you know, maybe by gathering people together we can sure. think of something, even if like we have this sort of zero tolerance. But like it's the only thing I can really think of is just really a greater education amongst others, you know, on like recognizing right. like sort of cases like these, like where, you know, this is a good this is like a good man. And I just feel so worried that, you know, from this he's gonna think, mm-hmm. you know, could I ever really redeem? the person that I used to be, like, I'm just worried that's going through James Gunn's head James Gunn's head Right,
1: right now, yeah. okay, yeah. Like, I, I me, like, actually am worried that sick. he's gonna go back into that alcoholic stupor and that will be sad and scary. I don't think he will. I think yeah. he has...
0: He has so much, like, public support for him that I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be oh. fine, personally. He's, like... It sounds like yeah. he's in a very healthy relationship right now. With his um, girlfriend.
2: It's so cute! Yeah. Um, But, yeah... I like, swear to God,
1: if anyone does just... an interview with Mike Cernovich, they just gotta call out the tweet that says... Uh, have you guys ever tried raping a girl without using force? Tried, it. it's basically impossible.
2: I think that, like, just the only other thing I can really think of, and I maybe don't think we can do, is just a greater education amongst, like, you know, people like, recognizing these cases, like redemption and just forgiveness. And just, mm-hmm. it's really just a case of, like, more unity.
3: And I mm-hmm. think through that
2: unity, we can try to find a solution and just have y- that unity between education. who? I just, I guess victims, uh, victims of sexual harassment. People who, mm. re- even people who re- recognize like this is wrong, which is granted, almost the whole world, and it is kind of like a optimistic, like f- optimistic notion. But and sometimes like there are these instances when the world is shit. I think you know maybe we can actually come together and you know do something good for a change and like just sometimes like you just see like this outpouring of support and i think when the right. youtube movement first happened you kind of did see that like with people coming out like in with case like just people speaking out like everywhere and people supporting each other like i remember the same day um harvey weinstein harvey weinstein was like exposed um this woman came out about andy signor who was the founder of screen junkies which yeah which hit pretty big for me i yeah. don't, i will also argue that like I don't think anyone's hit me as bad as, like, Weinstein and Signore as, like, James Gunn did. Like, those were the three that hit me the hardest. Um, also,
1: like, James Gunn didn't physically yeah. do anything to anyone.
0: Like, physically.
2: Exactly. Yeah, he just said something like. He just said.
0: There have been no accusations. There have been no allegations at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, like,
2: people have come, like, be, be, like Drax himself, Dave Batista, like, A bunch of people, like his brother, like, all these people around him, like, have been saying... Dave Batista has been literally
1: talking about this every single day.
2: This is a good... This is a good man. And Disney was wrong. And I firmly believe that. I almost want to just, like, make a video just, like, going around, like, my my little dorm room in Boston right now. Just, like, Mm -hmm. going around saying, hi, this is everything Disney has, like, had a stake in or, like, put money into... And like this is how much they contribute to, their li- to your life. Like, and think about that, and think about what they're sort of taking sides over, taking sides with over mm-hmm. a person who has done so sure. much for this. Their like, subsidiary. Marvel.
1: Sean Qu- Sean Gunn's last tweet in his tr- giant Twitter thread about his brother says, "Working on those movies made my brother a better person, and they made me one too. I'm proud of that." That's mm-hmm, like. Yeah. Oof.
0: Let's. Yeah. So to be clear, like neither review like equate um, joking about that pretty gross stuff um, with actually doing it, right? No. Yeah. yeah. And I m- mean, and those are we two very different
1: things. Both... Although both, yeah, th- they're they're both bad. They're they're both differently bad. <laughs> I right. think the three like, of can
2: say that. Like, I think the three like, of can like solidly say what James Gunn has said is like really, really bad. Like, I. I'm in that camp that was like. Like I like I was just reading the tweets
1: and I was just like, Oh these are these are bad. Yeah. But then I remember that like I've said like really bad shit before.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But like we argue that like if in this case Marvel shouldn't have hired Gunn in the first place. Like they could have solved this problem what? Like eight years ago. Like Mm -hmm. by not just not hiring Gunn. But they did and they owned it and it's in a way Disney's D-
0: Disney put themselves in this mess. Yeah, so um, we're we're about to reach we're gonna reach two hours pretty soon. So I'm gonna ask two well, last questions.
1: Well, well, I have I have two things. Should, should we cover like the 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 responses from the Guardians of the Galaxy squad? We should just say I that think... they all kind of they all yeah. kind of gave positive yeah, remarks, g- of, like whether
0: it's explicit or or uh, yeah. vague um yeah they all like, kind I mean, of yeah chris pratt was pretty vague uh saldana uh, well, was like ch- chris pratt I feel was like Zaldana kind Zaldana of like on the so- nose
1: because like it ends with <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a quote from the like the book of james <laughs> yes 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 so michael Roker <laughs> left twitter
0: michael Roker is just like not on twitter anymore right uh, oh i don't know like that that's he, he's just like i'm tired of the bullshit he wasn't specific but like it was pretty obvious what he was talking about um, yeah, but also Dave Batista has been yeah, much Canada's more
1: aggressive really talking about cyber Nazis. Yeah, Oof,
3: yeah. Um,
2: um, Palm Clemente posted like this: "Like we are group something. We are we are stronger together." I think is like yeah. her like the last thing she put like Karen and support. Gillian, um, Zoe Saldana kind of hinted like it was hard for her, and like she says, "I'm going to step back before I say something," and so it kind of hinted like she yeah. was going to say more. Um, interesting to say. Kevin Feige has not
0: said anything yet. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, nothing publicly. Which I don't. I don't know I what, think... through what medium he would say anything. Like, um, you know, he probably won't even I make the give a statement. He 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 won't make the interview circuit again until Captain Marvel comes out. That's so long from now. So uh, we talked a little about um the individual cast reactions, uh, kind of in the the early days after the controversy. So. Um, they waited, uh, ten days. They intentionally waited ten days to release a statement. Um, they all put it, uh, individually on their social media accounts. And the entire, uh, the, uh, the core cast of both movies, all the quote-unquote guardians of the galaxy, all signed, uh, the statement. Um, do either of you want to summarize basically what it said? Uh, we stand with James Gunn. Yeah, they were saying. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I can pull yeah. up, yeah. They, yeah, they can call it up right me. now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that was. Um, I mean, I don't think it's said specifically in the actual statement, but I know um, when they when they posted that um, statement, like the the accompanying social media posts had something like it was like what bring back James Gunn or something along those lines. Like they were more explicit in sh- when while sharing that statement not in the statement itself is that correct Yeah, like chris
2: pratt said like his, chris pratt like i'm glad so i have his instagram post up right now chris yeah. pratt said like i personally would love to see him reinstated as director of volume three and like they've said like they essentially expressed sort of their side of the story right um just because you no know, like yeah again it says in the letter like, they've mentioned how much i love working with him and i count he's a good man and like how his story is over not by a long shot
3: mm-hmm. um which
2: was really kind of like it was a like kind of heartening like nice and heartening to see it reminds you of the good in the world
0: sure yeah i mean um you know i think chris pratt said um i don't support the statements but i would like i would love to see him back i think is what he said mm-hmm. like it was a yeah uh kind of a, a, a i don't know uh not neutral but almost like a uh both sides, like, kind of response, you know? Like, um, at least that's how I interpret it, and then there are those people who are like, oh, Chris Pratt, that was a bad thing for you to do to support him. Like, there's still, uh, a very vocal group of people yeah. who are actually mad at the cast, um, for uh, releasing the statement. Um. Yeah.
1: It's still... It's
0: still their opinion. It's yet...
2: Yeah. Yet, still ten days later, at it- fan opinion is still pretty divided, I think it's going to be for a good amount of time. I, it's hard, I gets nice to just see how, like, the cast sort of united under him, mm-hmm. but that also now puts people, puts them sort of on the other side, and so it definitely reminds you of, I guess, the division people have over this issue, you know?
0: Yeah, and, you know, th- those are all, um, you know, I don't want to invalidate any of those opinions that uh, mm-hmm. are, you know, they have, like, zero tolerance of the kinds of tweets that he had, uh, regardless of when they were. Um, I don't necessarily share that. I mean, I we I think all three of us in this episode have kind of shared the view that um, not only is James Gunn able to be redeemed, but we feel that he has, like, come really far in that journey.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, yeah. So, you know, I you know, I I, I still think a there, there's going to be a lot of um weirdness surrounding the production whether or not he is back. Um but I'm sure for a lot of fans who are who are worried about whatever this third volume will be, uh can probably rest a little easier. I don't know if this will actually like this is adding pressure to Disney, right? But this isn't saying like you know, we will not show up on set if James Gunn isn't there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I... I I, I don't know. They this just showed is, you know... their,
1: their extreme disapproval of it. And I think that is something that we kind of don't really see uh, in general, like, with actors. Yeah. Especially of this capacity.
0: Yeah, um, especially the entire damn cast. Um so
2: your stars yeah mm
0: -hmm. yeah so i i'm really curious on um where that's gonna go
2: yeah i it was also nice to see how like vin diesel and Bradley cooper also signed it because well one of our friends kind of mentioned damn i forgot vin diesel and bradley cooper were in this movie (laughs) but it was us it was nice to also just see their support as well also um palm john hancock clementine that's all i'm that's all I also want to it's say. It's a very the good fucking signature.
1: The yeah, fucking signature is amazing. Yeah,
2: John Palm, John Hancock, Clementine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I I feel like the word I haven't really been uh seeing too much. Like I've seen a lot of people talk about his, uh, so his apology, talking about his character, saying that he's a good person. Um, the word forgiveness. So I feel like there are a lot of people, a lot of people who um, still feel like um, he hasn't confronted uh, some of the content in the Guardians movies that we kind of talked about earlier in this episode. I feel that people still might not have forgiven him for that uh, that list that he made, like, the top 10 character, like, top 50 characters or whatever you want to have sex with or something stupid like that. Um, so maybe for some pe- people, like, James Gunn is just an irredeemable figure. And um, do you, even if you don't feel that, I mean, do you, un- would you, like, understand, like, why people might not be willing to forgive him, even though he's been, you know, apologizing for uh, maybe... Like, he's been apologizing for, like, these big controversies, but not necessarily for what some people um, have taken issue with his films. Uh, I
1: don't... I don't know. I feel like... I feel like people are just going to... I don't know. I, I mean, like, I really don't know. I feel like there's... there's, like, a level of, like, you just can't please everyone. Like, not everyone's gonna be happy about something. Exactly. But, like...
2: Like...
1: It's like... I I don't know. I feel like there's... There's a certain point. Like... Owning up to something in a certain way. And, like... Like... Like, it's not gonna be... It's not... Like... Redemptions aren't gonna be perfect.
0: Sure. Chris you had questions yeah, It's been for two us. hours. Um, number one, should Disney have hired James Gunn in the first place? Number two, what do you think is going to happen now, in the future, regarding this? I I don't know about the first I think
2: one. with these, yeah, me neither. Like, I think we, I feel like we kind of covered this. Like, should, if James Gunn shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Like, it's, I've said, like, it's really Disney's own fault. Because they so hired no, James So no, they
3: shouldn't Gunn.
2: have? <laughs> like, they, like, the Prophets, like, they yeah. hired James Gunn to make a James Gunn movie. Like, what else is a James Gunn movie? Like, yeah. can you pinpoint one? Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you, you're not going to be in a position where, like, you, you, you wipe your memory and you're, like, in the boss's chair. Someone shows you the Tromeo and Julia trailer and you're like, Okay, are you going to hire this man to make Guardians of the Galaxy or not? Like that is not a scenario that's ever going to happen that's kind of a, an absurd hypothetical because we can't you can't predict the future you can't predict that he's going to be like this amazing person who like engages with fans socially it's going to be such a yeah. big box office hit it's going to be like an essential thing in, in infinity war um so it 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 might be a futile question but like i think what i what i was getting at um more is um the idea of his character like do you think um james gunn is inherently a good person and it sounds like the answer is yes from uh, from all three of us i think um, like he's
2: he's almost like a born again like an, a born again liberal if that makes sense and so like yes he might have been like really shitty in the past the but, holy like,
3: avenger he's become
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah person he's become yeah. is a lot better you know right and i think i looking think, i thinking about it now i wouldn't have been surprised if disney ex- expressed like some hesitancy and Kevin Feige just fought for him. I wouldn't have been surprised yeah, if that was like a situation yeah, that happened like probably six yeah. years ago. And
0: mm-hmm. then they made the they made then they made bank. Um,
2: they made bank.
0: So, <laughs> so now what?
2: There's no like single. I mean, I quoted Anthony in this article, but taking Guardians three with from James Gunn was like taking was like just stealing a baby. Like there's I can't see anyone who can make a better Guardians 3 that James Gunn can. And I think Disney foolishly thought that, oh, you know, Thor, Thor Ragnarok was great and colorful and hilarious, like, Taika Waititi. Like, that's, I think, the, num- I think that's, like, the reluctant number one choice in everyone's mind. But that's, but, like, James Gunn and Taika Waititi are very different people. Yeah, no like, how uh, much I, I don't think the same. Taika would like, want they look to. The same. Yeah. Like I think that like I think I think we kind of run into an Ant Man situation where like no matter who you hire, they're going to get shot on. Like just because you had what could have been and what you have. And so mm-hmm. I and so like you could have like like no matter how great of a movie you have, like it'll always just be like Ant Man. Like you could have had something greater but you got this instead. And at yeah. the worst, like I would not have been surprised I would not be surprised, like, if two years down the road, when this movie comes out, Marvel has, like, their first rotten film. That's kind of strong, but, like, that's my thoughts. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, and, like, obviously the difference between Ant-Man and Guardians 3 is that, like, you know, we... Say for a few minutes of test footage, like, we don't know what um, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man would have looked like, whereas, like, we have had two James Gunn's Guardians movies, so, um, and, like, to expect... Someone to be brave enough to um not only pick up where he left off to keep those uh to stay true to James Gunn's interpretations of the characters, but to also but to curate curate the soundtrack. <laughs> they, they have, whoever has to they have to Yeah, that was all handpicked by James Gunn. And like yeah, and like I don't know if it's gonna be like whoever they hire to direct or whoever they hire to write or if it's gonna be like a a uh soundtrack, a, an awesome mixtape volume three uh committee <laughs> that they put together, like, let's get all of our music experts in here. Here's a zoom, put some shit in there. Um like it's it will be. I and I, I. was gonna talk about this earlier, and I, I couldn't find a right place to do so. But um, Sorry. You know, I, I kept imagining. <laughs> no, it's it's someone's no fault. It's just that like I, I couldn't figure out how to fit it in. Um, um, I kept imagining the world in which James Gunn's still the director, and um, I kept. I was very definite. I was like, oh, um, had they kept him on? the atmosphere in the set uh, would just be changed forever, and it just would have been, like, an impossible task for James Gunn to, like, complete this movie because of all of the baggage. Seeing all of those cast members, um, you know, at different degrees um, speak about this makes me think that uh, on-set morale is going to be worse because he's not there. Um, So it's it's going to be, like, the the—it's going to be— like saying elephant in the room is like an understatement. It is the, the blue whale in the room, you know? Um it's,
2: it's that I, monster from Thor Dark World in the room. Exactly. Like
0: the yeah. It's it's just it's um uh and, and then we're we're not even like getting through all of the uh the technicalities of it. Like does James Gunn still receive um credit? Do they use a screenplay? Do they start from scratch oh God, when they're supposed yeah. to start the um the production like fairly soon? Um uh yeah exactly it's it's there's a lot of stuff that like thank god we're not the ones that had to figure that out um so i don't know i i don't really want to get deep into that because first of all i think that matters less second of all we are like way over time um yeah. so i think
2: what you had like i think what you said about the morale is like a really good closing yeah actually yeah. also yeah was- 5.30. Yeah, to
0: sum up, everything sucks. Um...
2: The world's a terrible place, and you can follow me at
1: Delirily.
0: <laughs> Fascism
1: sucks. Oh. Follow me at the Pizza Taco.
0: Yeah, and I'm at Compenderizer. world
1: sucks. <laughs> Fascism is terrible. We live in an endless hellhole. Every day I uh, want to. Thanks die. to Steve
0: Motter for the for the the track. Uh, thanks to Izzy for the logo. Um, we got some cool stuff coming after this. We're going to do a Cloak and Dagger season one hot take with uh with our good friend Sabrina Clark. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, Anthony will uh, sit out of this one because he doesn't. I like got that it. Cram. <laughs> week after that we also have an Anthony less uh episode <laughs> um we got we Just got like thomas back Anthony for a while yeah we got we got Thomas back uh and we got uh, Rhiannon to kind of um uh, this was her idea to do an episode on ethics and uh we, you know what makes the good guys good what makes the bad guys bad um week after that we got Caleb um to talk about Catholicism in Daredevil even though he's not a Catholic but uh <laughs> we we had a very we had some very uh, profound uh, conversations about that. So yeah, that's that's all we got planned. We got some more uh, that we're not ready to announce yet, but uh, we got some good content going all the way to the end of August planned out. So look forward to that. And yeah, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm exhausted. I think this was a good conversation. Yeah. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, listening to it as much as we enjoyed uh, having it. Uh, and yeah, say goodbye everyone. Bingo, bongo, dingo. Life is meaningless.
1: Uh, The sun's going to burn out. Uh, The world is on fire. Climate change is going to kill us. Uh, Hey, I'm walking here.